Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Wisdom Awakening. I'm your host, Bishop E.W. Jackson. Great to be with you again today. Uh, look, this is First Amendment Friday, and I always try to take some questions today. I've often, I've tended to get one or two questions. So I, I decided to do something a little bit different. I'm going to carry this over into E.W. Jackson for America once we get the, the change in the program implemented, which I'm still hoping will happen on um, on Tuesday. But I'm going to start by asking you a couple of questions, which you can then respond to me, and that way it'll give you a reason to, to in case you don't have anything on your mind, particularly that you want to ask me about, it'll give you a reason to respond to the questions I have, and then I can respond to what you say. And here's my question to you for the opening of the program. We're getting ready for a big election on Tuesday. I want to know what, what are the issues that are driving you? What are the, what, if you, do you have a number one issue that's, that it, it really kind of dominates your thinking? Or first, second, or third, or you have three issues, maybe one, two, three issues? If you have only one that's, that's predominant, what, what is that? If you have more than one, say maybe a top three, what are those? Uh, email me at ewjackson at ewjackson.com and I will respond to your emails. If you have reasons why this particular issue or these issues are most important, feel free to share, with, share that with me. I'll share it with the audience. Of course, I won't use last names. Feel free to share your last name, but I don't use last names on the program. I'll just identify you by your first name. Uh, so that's my question to you. And here are the, here are the, the, the five top issues uh, as I see them. The economy and inflation, number one, for most people. Crime, number two, for probably most people. Education, a, a close third for a lot of parents across the country who are concerned about the way their children are being educated. Immigration, which is impacting everybody. I think it's impacting the crime problem. It's impacting the economy. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's permeating the culture. And it's, every state is a border state now because we've got millions of illegal immigrants crossing our borders and heading into other states across the country. I think we've taken in probably somewhere around 5 million people this year. At least three that we know about, at least three. But there are a lot of getaways that we don't know about, that we don't have any record of. But just imagine that, three to five million people even. I mean, three million people is larger than most cities in the United States. It's the equivalent of, oh my goodness gracious. I've lived in cities in Virginia that have run anywhere from, from 225,000 to, to, to 80, 100,000. Imagine that. I mean, that's 30 times, 30 to 50 times the number of city, the, 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 a city of 100,000 people, which is a good sized city. We've taken that in 30 to 50 times illegally. Okay, so at any rate, immigration. And here's the last one, abortion. Where does abortion sit on your spectrum of issues? Is it, is it a number one? Is it number two? I've got it here as number five uh, because most people feel that Roe v. Wade has been overturned. It's back to the states now. It's an issue that's going to be debated out there. But the far left sees it as a number one issue, and they've been pushing it, pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. Um, I, I don't know whether you listened to my radio program yesterday. Well, before I get to that, 
So which of these issues drives you? What's your top one or two or three? E.W. Jackson at EWJackson.com. E.W. Jackson at EWJackson.com. And I'll check, I'll check the emails in about 10, 15 minutes to see if anything has come through. I don't know whether you heard my radio program yesterday, but I had callers who, who got into some things that I don't normally get into because I don't normally focus on personalities in ministry, I should say. I, I certainly do in politics because these people have put themselves out as political leaders and therefore they are fair game. I don't usually do that with ministers because, uh, I don't know, it just, I don't, it, just, it just doesn't. Let's put it this way. I don't ever want people to believe or think or suspect that I have some personal ax to grind with somebody. I don't personally like somebody and therefore I'm going after that person. And since that person is not a public official, hasn't run for elective office, I've just kind of basically not even bothered. Really identified ministers by name. When Eric Metaxas was on with me uh, last week, I believe, and we were talking about this book, The Church Should Not Take Sides, I said, I won't even bother to mention the name. He said, well, I will, Andy Stanley. And he mentioned his name. I guess he knows him and has talked to him. He said, these people are completely off kilter. They're, they're, just, they're just off. Well, I, <coughs> excuse me, I didn't care that he mentioned Andy Stanley. That's just that I tend not to. But yesterday on my program, two names came up. And so I think that I said, well, you know what? The cat's out of the bag. Let's just deal with it. T.D. Jakes came up because he had, he had uh, this guy, O'Rourke, I'm not even going to call him by this so-called Hispanic name. He's not Hispanic. Give me a break. These people, I tell you, the pandering, the manipulation. But anyway, O'Rourke, who's running for governor, came to T.D. Jake's church, and he had, took pictures of him and this, that, and the other. I don't think he explicitly said he's endorsing him, but it's obvious that he's endorsing the man because I said before, if, if I go somewhere and somebody wants to take pictures of me or with me that I don't know or – not don't know, but don't like because of who they are or where they stand, I don't take the picture. I won't do it because I don't want a picture with me misunderstood as an endorsement or support for who you are and what you stand for. I've done it. I say, man, that's pretty tough. Yeah, but I've got to be true to who I am. And uh, sure, that, uh, that has offended some people from time to time, but it's too bad. I mean, it's just the way it is. I'm not going to pretend or have others think that I'm endorsing who you are and what you stand for when I'm vehemently against you uh, and against what you stand for, more importantly, because I don't, I don't get into hating people, but I certainly do hate the things that people sometimes stand for, and therefore I can't stand with that person because I don't agree with that individual. My wife often teases me because um, when I was still a Democrat, I took pictures, I went to the White House for a conference and uh, took picture, uh, as always, you know, took a picture with the president, President Jimmy Carter. And my wife always says, she sees, sees pictures of memorabilia and stuff, she says, well, well, where's the picture of you with Jimmy Carter? <laughs> I say, I don't know. It's been lost. <laughs> but you, you get my point. Um, so the fact that he had the man come to his church and took pictures with him, 
means he is endorsing him. And I read one article that said um, conservative minister endorses O'Rourke or something like that. And I, my first thought was T.D. Jakes is not conservative. He's not conservative. Anybody who thinks that is sadly mistaken. He diminishes the life issue. He has said things that indicate that he kind of is squishy on homosexuality and the whole uh, SPCG movement. That's sexual perversion, child grooming movement. So he is not conservative by any stretch of the imagination. I wouldn't even say he leans conservative. I think T.D. Jakes is a flaming liberal. So it's not surprising that he had O'Rourke at his church. But people seem to be shocked because they see him as a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But see, here's, look, it's one of two things with people like this. Number one, the man's just flat out not saved. Just flat out doesn't know God. Now, I know some people say, oh, no, you can't say that, T.D. Jakes. I mean, he mentored Paula White, blah, 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 blah. Although he now says he does not, he does not see Paula White as somebody he's mentored. He's disowned Paula White because I guess her support for Donald Trump. Because she was an instrumental person in, in helping Donald Trump get into the evangelical community. Uh, but that's another matter. But he is, he is, been extremely squishy on, for example, uh, the infamous interview with Lamont Hill, where Lamont Hill said to him, you know, you've been evolving on the issue of, of homosexuality. He might not have used that, but I don't, I don't use this, this, this artificial lying term of gay. They just stole that from the, out of the English language and perverted it like they do everything else, like they perverted the rainbow and everything else. So they're homosexuals. Uh, and that's not an insult. It's just a, it's just a factual description of what they are, as opposed to gay, which is not. Uh, but he says to him, "You've been evolving on the issue of homosexuality." And T.J. says, "I have evolved, and I am evolving." And so he says, "T.J. Jakes, what would you say to the quote-unquote gay person today?" Blah blah blah, blah about what about the spirituality? And he said. I would recommend they go to a church that affirms who they are or, affirm, <coughs> or affirms them or something like that. I watched the entire interview, so I'm not telling you what somebody told me. I saw it. And after I knew that that was going to cause an explosion in the Christian community because people would be saying, what are you saying? And it did. And then, of course, he'd start to crawfish and genuflect and backpedal and, you know, he, man, he, he did the moonwalk with great aplomb. <laughs> I, I was misunderstood. It was taken out of context. And, but that's who he really is. I think, I, I just don't think, I think that he on some level simply does not see that as sin. That's what that was saying. And I think that's, that's where his heart really is. Uh, let, me, let me add one other thing for those of you who have been followers of this man or might have uh, admired him. There, there are two things, several things. I won't go into all of them. But two things that bother me, because here again, I don't, I don't like to make this personal. You know, T. 
T.D. Jakes got a great big church down in Dallas, Texas. I do not. I'm not in the least bit jealous. I'm not in the least bit envious. If I, if I thought that he was serving God, if I believed that, and frankly, I don't, but if I believed that, I would say praise God. Praise God. I mean, there's some, there's some great churches in this country with great pastors, churches with thousands of members. Jack Hibbs out in California, great man of God, standing up for the things of God. I mean, Andrew Womack's not a pastor, but great ministry, standing up for the word of God and the things of God. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I won't try to go down a list because I'll ultimately leave somebody out, but, but I'm talking about these really super large churches with these pastors. I mean, uh, 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 Jeffers down in, uh, in Dallas, First Baptist Church of Dallas. Uh, great church, great man of God. And I don't know, by the way, I don't know these people really well. I mean, I know Jack Hibbs. I've met Jack Hibbs a couple times. And I've met uh, uh, Pastor Jeffers one time. But, and, and, and Andrew Womack's a good friend of mine. So I do know Andrew well. But God bless all of them. It's not about that. It's about, it's about adherence to the truth of God's word. That's what it's about. If you're doing that, I don't care if you only have but two members or you've got 20,000. God bless you. Now, so just, just to kind of put that to rest, which is why I don't really like getting into individuals because it can always be misinterpreted as something personal. And, I, and believe me, I don't have any animosity whatsoever toward anybody that I'm about to mention now. So, but there are two things, two problems that I have. One is he comes out of the oneness movement and the oneness movement denied the Trinity. And he was a part of that movement, I'm gonna guess for probably 20, 25 years, most of his ministry. I think he just came out in the last five to 10 years that he, he kind of renounced that. But to me, if you don't believe that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, which is a fundamental doctrine of Christianity, I have to question your authenticity as a Christian. And I have to question your understanding of the Word of God. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 28, verse 19, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every nation baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. How do, you, how do you avoid that? How do you get away from that? How do you get away from Jesus being baptized in the, in the Jordan River and the Holy Spirit lighting upon him like a dove and the Father speaking from heaven, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased? How, how, how do you get away from that? And, and I could just go on and on and on and on with that, with, with scriptures indicating God is one God, but he is three persons. He's not one being manifesting three ways. He is one God, but he is three persons. Now, how, did, how does that work? It is beyond our human comprehension, but it's the truth. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God is one, but the Lord your God is three persons. Three separate and distinct persons, but one in one in being God. 
one God, three persons. You deny that, I have to question, do you really know Jesus? Okay? Because the Father was still in heaven when Jesus was on the earth. Right? And when Jesus had gone back to heaven to be with the Father, the Holy Spirit came to earth and baptized the apostles and has been baptizing us and infilling the saints of God since. Jesus is not here physically, but the Holy Spirit is. So at any rate, I won't, uh, let me go no further with the theology of that because, you know, we could, we could talk about that for two hours. But that's one thing. And I had the sense that when he renounced that, it wasn't because he had some epiphany. It was because it left a question in people's minds, and I think he wanted to erase the question. Okay? So that, that's... That's one thing that, that has always kind of bothered me. But here's the other thing. I don't see him as a Bible preacher and teacher. I see him as a pulpiteer. He doesn't teach what the scripture says. He engages in a lot of hooping and hollering about, and I'm not knocking hooping and hollering because I can get happy and hoop and holler too. But, as old preachers used to say, but what good is gravy without meat? So he likes to go right to the gravy. And it's a lot of, you know, kind of uh, 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 what I would, for lack of a better term, um, Jakesisms. Not, not scripture. Just little ideas he has about things. I mean, I've heard him say things. Oh, what in the world is he talking about? I mean, I heard him say one time, you know, you need to go to your scary place. Well, the Bible says fear not. Why would I go to a scary place? Your scary place is somehow that, I mean, that's just, again, that's, that's a jakeism, but it's not, a, it's, not, it's not biblical. It's not, it's not rooted and grounded in the word. The word tells me fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not, fear not. I've never counted them, but I've heard from other scholars it says that 300 times in the Bible. Now, why in the world would I preach to somebody and tell them, you need to go to your scary place? That's going to be good for you. At any rate. So, and I could go on, but I won't. So here's the other thing. People came on my radio program and said, uh, oh man, I got one other issue I got to deal with too, and I'll be brief about this one. Creflo Dollar who endorsed Stacey Abrams. Yeah, he flat out endorsed her because he told his congregation to vote for her. And Stacey Abrams is, is a godless maven of secular atheist philosophy and ideology. And I don't even, I, I, I see this one surprises me because at the very least I see Creflo Dollar as a man of the word. I don't see T.D. Jakes as a man of the word. I see T.D. Jakes as a man of theatrics. I see, I used to see Creflo Dollar as a man of the word, at least. Now, I don't watch him. I don't follow him because there have been some other things that sort of kind of made me question. But still, you know, I respected him as somebody who, man of the word. But endorsing Stacey Abrams, Stacey Abrams is antithetical to the word. Stacey Abrams represents the spirit of Antichrist. That's right, I said it because I mean it. That's exactly what she represents. 
Anytime you come on and you publicly come on television and publicly tell people that the sonogram of a baby in its mother's womb is nothing but a trick to get women uh, to, for, to allow men to control women's bodies. You don't understand the sacredness of that life in that woman's womb. You don't understand that God is the one who, who gave us life, that God is the one who creates us. You have no respect for that. You just dismiss that as some kind of trick because you know she was talking about the fluttering heartbeat and the sound that you can hear. That's just a trick. That's demonic. That's like the devil saying, that thing is nothing. That's that human thing you made is nothing. That thing you're creating is nothing. That's the, that's the devil talking. And he endorsed her, called her governor. Well, I got news for you, Creflo. She's not going to be governor. She shouldn't be governor. And if you supported her and she became governor, you'd be in the category of Hosea 8.4, which says you set up kings, but not by me. You establish princesses, but I do not acknowledge them. God is not acknowledging Stacey Abrams as the kind of leader he wants for the American people and the people of Georgia or for his people because she is godless. And by the way, let me add this, and this may be his ignorance. I hope somebody will share this with Creflo. She is the puppet of George Soros, and George Soros is an atheist, demonic man. And the only thing George Soros puts his money into are those things that help pursue his atheistic agenda. George Soros has made clear, there is no God. And he doesn't pour money into anybody who says you are wrong. There is a God. He sits high and looks low and rules and super rules over the affairs of mankind. And you, George Soros, will one day answer to him. George Soros buys people and he's bought Stacey Abrams. She is nothing but his lackey and his slave. And, and Creflo Dollar is endorsing George Soros in effect. And George Soros, once again, folks, is a, I believe he's a prime representation in the earth of the spirit of Antichrist. Now, he's not the Antichrist. He doesn't meet the requirements, and he won't be alive much longer because he's in his late 80s now. But he represents the spirit of Antichrist as perhaps no other person on earth does right now, and I mean it just that way. I'm reading a book about him, and it's, it's staggering to see the degree to which this man has his hands in so many pots using his money to buy influence and buy people and, and change policies and all of that. You know our open borders policy right now? That's being driven by George Soros. He doesn't believe in borders. And he is in control of the Biden administration right now. That's right. I said it just that starkly because it's just that true and just that real. George Soros is in charge of the Biden administration right now. His people populate that administration and his people give uh, Joe Biden his marching orders. And that's and and Stacey Abrams is in George Soros stable. His stable of slaves. It's just that ugly.
And for a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ to not be able to discern the spirit behind that thing and the spirit behind her gives me great pause. So let, I just said it. So let me just put it out there. My callers brought it up. So we just might as well just go with it. It's out there now. And he did it publicly. I mean, it got picked up, not by the mainstream media, but it got picked up by various outlets. I, you know, we have prayer at my church every morning. We have a, a prayer conference call every morning. I have prayer warriors that get on there with me and, and my wife, and we pray. And one of them said uh, this morning, and it's so true, these preachers are going to answer to Almighty God for their utter rebellion against him. And that's what that is as far as I'm concerned. That is utter rebellion against God because there's no way in the world God is behind Stacey Abrams because Stacey Abrams is an enemy of God, not a friend. She's an enemy of God, not his child. And she supports all that homosexual nonsense. She supports all the racial division and all the, and maybe that's what it is. Maybe part of the problem, particularly in the black community, man, I haven't even gotten to my, what I thought was gonna be my main topic or to, to see whether you all have any questions. Um, uh, we got to vote on Tuesday. We've got to vote on Tuesday. Let me get to the, let me get to one other thing. I'm going to look and see whether I have any, any questions here, but let me mention this very important to do so. Um, okay. I don't see any questions. Good. <laughs> well, not good. I'd, I'd like to get your questions, but Good in the sense that I'm almost out of time anyway. Uh, if you slip one in, I'll, I'll try to respond to it. Uh, this woman on MSN, not, on, on The View, um, said something that I, I have to bring up. She, she, she cited, let me see, if, do I have her name? I, I don't even, because I don't watch that trash. But you all know who I'm talking about. She's one of the women on The View. And she says she just read a poll. Um, that white suburban women. Are going to vote Republican. Now, uh, I'm just getting her name for you. I should have had that, but what are they? Let's see if it comes up. Ah, here we go. Here we go. Sonny Hostin. That's right. Sonny Hostin. Cause she's the one who criticized who, who's name? She criticized somebody's name and somebody said, well, is your name Sonny? Oh, she criticized, um, a former governor of South Carolina. Uh, uh, the woman who's got Indian ancestry. It'll come to me. But anyway, she criticized her. Sonny Hostin said, white suburban women, and first of all, I don't even like that categorization because how do you know they're all white? Well, the poster goes, says, are you white? Calls you, are you white? Yeah. Uh, well, they're really probably talking about suburban women and they're concluding that most of them are uh, women of, uh, of European ancestry. But why not just say suburban women? Got to give it a racial categorization somehow. What, what, what does that add to the discussion? But nevertheless, she says, for white suburban women to vote Republican is like 
cockroaches running to raid. You know, the raid bug spray. So she called them cockroaches. Now, in the great genocide by the Tutsis against the Hutus, I think it was, I always get those reversed, but I think it was the Tutsis who attacked the Hutus. The way they did that was to call them a part of the strategy for preparing people to slay them by the thousands was to call them cockroaches. It's dehumanizing. It says, you're not a person, your life doesn't matter, we can kill you without consequence. Now look, I'm not suggesting that Sonny Hostin was urging people to go out and kill white suburban women, I know better than that, but what I am suggesting is that's the kind of, of, of dehumanizing language that leads people to destroy other people. And they're always accusing conservatives of being violent and being hateful. You've never heard me refer to anybody that way. I wouldn't. Because even the people I don't agree with, I value their lives as human beings and my desire for them is not that they be destroyed, not that they be murdered, not that they die, but that they be saved. That they come to know the God I know. That they come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. That the eyes of their understanding become enlightened. That they might know what is the hope of his calling and the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named and made him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. That's what they need. And when they die, it's too late. If they're killed, it's too late. If they get sick and die, it's too late. I don't want any of that. I want them to live and come to know God. But see, because these people are godless, they don't have any such hope. They don't have that hope for themselves. They don't have it for others. So for Sonny Hostin, women, suburban women who vote for Republicans are no better than cockroaches and have no more sense than cockroaches who run to, from her perspective to the very thing that kills them. We got to vote on November the 8th because Sonny House is not in office, but people who think like her are, and we got to get them out. Nancy Pelosi thinks like she does. Chuck Schumer thinks like she does. We got to vote these people out. We got to take the Senate and take the House. And by the way, we can take the Senate. I really believe that Oz is going to win, that Herschel Walker is going to win, that Carrie Lake is going to win. Oh, no, Carrie Lake's running for governor, I think. Um, uh, and uh, I got to get all that straight because we got a bunch of candidates around the country. But, but uh, that J.D. Vance is going to win, um, that Ted Budd is going to win, and we're going to end up taking the Senate as well as the House. And then it's, then it's up to us to get busy 
up to us, up to our representatives to get busy doing the work we send them there to do, which is to block every destructive thing the Biden administration is trying to do and to advance every policy that's going to help the American people and help our country get back on track. Well, look, it's First Amendment Friday. Didn't get any questions from you, but I'm happy to have had an opportunity to share with you and talk to you. I hope you have a wonderful Friday. If you're in the area, please remember to call church, 943 Canal Drive in Chesapeake, Virginia. I must confess to you, I will not be there this coming Sunday, but a great preacher is going to be there in my stead, Philip Stevens. You will enjoy him. Uh, I am going to be on Sunday down in Texarkana, Texas. Uh, if you're in the area, come and join us. Uh, I will be with Pastor Jeff Shreve at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas. That's 3015 Moores Lane in Texarkana. I'll be there for a Sunday service at, um, I think it's 11. And I'll be at an evening service at 6. Let me just double check that. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's, yes, yes. Well, let's put it this way. I'll be up at 11. The service actually starts at 10. I'll be preaching at about, service starts at 10.30. I'll be preaching at 11 o'clock. There you go. Service starts at 10.30. I will be preaching at 11 o'clock. And the evening service starts at 6 p.m. And that's, of course, Central Time. Look, I would appreciate you prayerfully asking God to lead you and guide you in helping us financially. Go to our website, standamericapack. Uh, well, forgive me, that standamerica.us, standamerica.us, the nonprofit. The pack stuff, pack work is over for now. The election's almost here. We're not, we're not going to do any more buys. We've only got four days to the election. We're not going to do any more buys. We have, we have expended the the uh, money we've raised, doing everything we can. Run over a thousand ads on black radio stations and, and urban stations in five states. And I feel we've done everything we are able to do right now. I would have loved to have had five times the money I had and started uh, several months ago. We did start several months ago, but we weren't able to continue it, be able to continue it right through, blasting it away, freshening up those ads all the time. And I'm hoping that in 2024, we'll be able to do just that. We'll be able to start early and pound away all over the country where there are significant minority and black populations to tell them, do not continue to give your vote to these godless Democrats, Democrats, these people who have renounced God, renounced his law, renounced his, his, his sexual moral rules, renounced the, the value and the sacredness of life. Do not give your vote for these people because when you give your vote for them, you bring the curse that they bring upon yourself and your own family because you reap what you sow. The Bible says if you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. You sow to the spirit, you're going to reap life. And these people are all about the flesh, all about the fulfillment of their own sick sexual desires and, the, and, the, and, and, and killing babies in order to, to create their own convenience and have their own careers or whatever it is they think they want to do that's worthy of taking the life of the unborn child. 
help us to get a message out of faith and family and freedom. Go to our website, standamerica.us, and also help us to continue to do these broadcasts because these broadcasts do cost money. The studio costs money. Uh, everything that we have to do with this costs us money. And by the way, don't forget that I'm on the air on Sunday nights on National Religious Broadcasters at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Tune in there for Vision Awakening. And we are live streaming uh, every Sunday morning at, uh, at about 11.20 a.m. from my church. And by the way, I will be away this coming Sunday. I'll be in Texarkana, Texas. But after that, I, don't, I, I will not be away for the foreseeable future. I'll be the rest of the year. I'll be at my church. Uh, well into the spring, I believe I'll be at my church. I won't be going anywhere on Sundays. I'll be speaking, obviously, at other places, but not on Sunday mornings. I'll be at my home church. So if you come, you're going to see me there. Okay? All right, well, that's going to do it for today. God bless each and every one. I'm starting to run a little bit over here, I see. But this election is worth running a little bit over to get the job done. So God bless each and every one of you. Look, have a wonderful weekend. And don't let any of the stuff that's happening in our country around you, in your community, the crime, the inflation, all of it. Don't let it get you down. Look to the hills from whence comes our help. For our help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And we are more than conquerors because he loved us. God is not going to leave you in the lurch. He is not going to leave you nor forsake you. He's with you always, even to the end of the age. And he brings all of his good stuff with him. So trust God to prosper and to do well even in the midst of famine all around you, even in the midst of chaos all around you, even in the midst of lawlessness all around you. You dwell in the secret place of the Most High. You abide under the shadow of the Almighty. God is your refuge and your fortress. Put your trust in Him. And remember, folks, stand up, step up, speak up, refuse to back up, because we cannot be defeated if we will not quit, because we are on God's side.